Welcome to the Birth Warrior Podcast. In each episode, we feature the stories of birth warriors, women who have persevered to find their own truth in pregnancy and birth. As you hear these women share their stories of love, autonomy, connection, and power, it is our deepest wish that you will be inspired, empowered, and supported to find your own truth. We are honored these women have stepped forward to share their personal stories and to help us remember that we all have the power to choose what is right for us. The Birth Warrior Podcast is a presentation of the Indie Birth Association and is not intended to be medical advice. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Birth Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Jaden Graham, and welcome, welcome, welcome. And on today's episode, we have Natalia. Natalia is a Puerto Rican Jewish mother of three little girls and wife to an outspoken truth seeker who lives in a suburban home that she lovingly considers her little farm where she works and homeschools her children. After birthing her second child and tandem nursing, Natalia lost two pregnancies in a state of total depletion in which her husband, then inspired Natalia to be intellectually honest and strict with her self-care. Finding and fixing the physical and emotional root causes of her postpartum imbalances changed her complete worldview and left Natalia with a deep passion to help other women do the same. And I hope you all enjoy this conversation. Thank you so much again to Natalia for allowing me to hold space for you and record your beautiful story. And thank you all so much for being here. Hi, Natalia. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure. Oh, it is such a pleasure um, and an extraordinary honor to be able to record you today. So, um, yes, wherever you, you would like to begin your story, please share. Absolutely. So I wanted to start um By saying, you know, I'm the child of a mother who went through a C-section. I grew up in Puerto Rico in a very highly medicalized world. And I really had an idea in my head that I wanted a natural birth. And, you know, it's funny thing about ideas because I feel like the smallest seed of an idea can grow so much. And I remember when I was a young girl, and I really do believe that the story starts here. When I was a young girl, I had a beagle and um, my beagle got pregnant and my mom was like, okay, let's go, you know, help your dog give birth. And I remember helping this dog have, you know, all these puppies. And it was that small idea of watching my dog give birth and me thinking, wow, you know, how incredible is God, you know, that can help this dog, you know, just give birth in such a natural way. And then I was thinking, if my dog can do this, I most definitely can do this too, you know? (laughs) And that was the little seed right there. And I was young, I must have been 12, 13 years old. And uh, so when I finally got married and I conceived, there it was, that little idea without knowing anything about anything regarding birth I just had that idea of like I just want to see what that is about I saw my dog give birth and if she can do it I most definitely can mm-hmm. and um, you know I, I started looking around and I remember at that time the um, there was that documentary by Ricky Lake business of being born that was very popular And I saw the documentary and I, you know, everybody, I feel like that's what documentaries do. They get you riled (laughs) up. They get you so excited. I -hmm. showed it to my husband. I showed it to my mother and they're just, you know, like just going with it. Okay, sure. If that's what you want. And I remember um, my husband and I deciding that I was going to go to Cedar sinai which is a very popular um, hospital in Los Angeles. So I said, you know what I'm going to do in my head, I was like, I'm going to go to the hospital to give birth naturally and unmedicated. And I I know that a lot of women say that going into the hospital, but that's exactly what I did. You know, I said, this is what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. I looked around and I found um, 
I found an OB that used to be a doula or something like that. I can't really mm. remember. She was a midwife or a doula, but I remember thinking she's sensitive enough. Maybe she'll get it. And maybe I'll have a higher chance of having a natural birth at Cedar sinai mm. So I go, um, I need her. And I had that, you know, very boring pregnancy in and out 10 minutes. Um, and I really didn't know how to take care of myself. I did not read the baby books. I didn't take any classes. The one thing I did do was watch a lot of birthing videos of other women and animals mm. for some strange reason. <laughs> I had I had a fascination of like YouTubing like elephants giving birth, giraffes giving birth. And I just always went back to animals because I found it so incredible that they have no books, no manuals, that they were just able to do this thing. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was definitely my way of educating myself. And I'm actually quite happy I didn't go to those classes at the hospital because I really went to it with uh, like more instinct than anything else. So, um, so I go, so basically just to keep the story short of my first birth, um, I had a very typical first birth that is very long, lots of pre-dormal labor, you know, just staying home until it was the right time. And I finally go to the hospital because that for the fifth day I woke up, I had those contractions that come at night and then the sun will come up and everything will stop and I would just okay, I guess I'm going to wash dishes and, you know, make breakfast and stuff like that. Um, so it was very frustrating. But that fifth day, the contractions kept going. And I knew, okay, this is the real thing. My first baby, how exciting. And I go to Cedar sinai And I remember, I was shocked, because when I went in, I was like, okay, who's calling my doctor, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, for some strange reason, I said, my doctor would be there for me, right? Yeah. I did not understand that that was not the case. Yeah. So it was, it was me, my husband, my mom that came for the birth, and a doula that I was very smart in hiring. I didn't even have money for a doula, but I was able to do a partial payment for a doula that was a student. And she would come for the day of the birth. So she, you know, she comes there and we're all in this beautiful suite. And I just remember thinking, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like I felt a little bit lost, a little bit lost, but I just kept uh, focusing on the contractions. And I had this weird thing where there was a beautiful building across from us. And I would just count all the windows up and down, up and down through the contractions. And, you know, one of the first things that happens when you go to a hospital is that they want to put an IV, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember that being the first thing that could be problematic, right? Because um, it just feels like invasive, right? And I'm going there for an unmedicated birth. And I had explained it to my OB. My OB, you know, was very fast with me. Okay, sure. Yes, sure. Type of thing. But then I'm there and then she's not there. And as there's all these nurses and I remember, you know, telling the, the nurses, like, I don't want to be annoying, but oh boy, I am the most annoying person ever. Mm. But I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to get an IV. And I remember that being the first problem. They mm. were like, well, it's, you know, to keep you hydrated, right? I was like, well, I'm drinking water, so I'm not dehydrated. Right. They were like, okay, well, we'll do a hep around. And I was like, well, I don't want to do that either because I don't want something in my hand and I just like don't like needles. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. she's just looking at me like, well, you're about to give birth. What are you talking about a needle? And I said, give me birth. I don't want it. So we had this back and forth where they had to go call my OB and then my OB will come back. Okay, fine. She said it was fine for you not to have this. Great. I keep going through contractions and then all of a sudden we need to monitor you and the baby. I don't want to be monitored. And then they had to go back to the OB and then the OB had to get back to them. So it was definitely a process of playing telephone, you know, me saying no, them saying you have to, me saying call my doctor back. And um, 
my husband is a salesman and he loves to be sold. And I remember he was just one of those people that is like, okay, if there's something that she needs, you need to sell me on why she needs it. Mm. And he loves this. He thinks this is like, this is his game, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, if you cannot tell me why she needs this, then it's not happening, right? So, right. you know, we were, we t- we, we took over the suite. We like dimmed the lights. We had, you know, we had like music. I didn't want to be touched. And then um, my husband was very smart. And um, after, you know, we annoyed the hell out of all the nurses, the nurses were already just rolling their eyes at us like, oh God, you guys. <laughs> um, so my husband said, I'm going to order a whole tray of tacos for the, for all the nurses. <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> ladies get your husbands to buy all the girls and so now, that's now, hilarious you open the room all the lights are off there's tacos everywhere <laughs> there is music and I remember you know the shifts where when uh, the nurse changed their shifts I remember this new nurse opening the door and being like um whoa okay and my husband be like do you want a taco there's tacos (laughs) you know I think that that helped me so very much Mm -hmm. so it was a a very long birth but it was fine I went through it um and I think one of the things that really helped too was when my OB finally came around and I knew I was getting closer because you know when the OB shows up you're like, okay, something's happening. We're moving in the right direction. And I remember her kind of biting her tongue and she kept leaving the room. She didn't talk a lot. She just kept leaving. And I really do think that that was a gift. Mm -hmm. I think the best, I think it was hard for her and it was going against everything she knew to just not say anything. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but she did the right thing. She was just like, she doesn't want me here. I'm just going to keep leaving. And I'll, I, and she will keep coming back, kind of peek and leave that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so finally it comes to pushing and I had a lot of unproductive pushing. And I think it was because, um, because one of the nurses was like, well, you, you know, you definitely look fully dilated whenever you want to start pushing, you know, you just let us know. And it was that idea. As soon as she said that, I started pushing, mm-hmm. which, which was, you know, kind of like obviously very unnatural. I think it was the suggestion. I was like, I think I do feel like pushing, but I wasn't. So it was like two hours of pushing, nothing, nothing, nothing. And finally, you know, I got to rest a little. I woke up again. I actually was so tired. I fell asleep. I woke up again to pushing again. And I remember this beautiful nurse with like this long braids. She was funny. She just looks at me and I was like, water. And I grab water. It's so hot. I just throw the water on myself. She's like, oh, there goes the bottle. And then I had like, you know, the sheet that they give you at the hospital. And I just tear it off. And she was like, okay, there goes the gown. <laughs> so now I'm just like, naked. I just poured water over my, you know, myself and everybody in the room is just like, and I kept, oh my gosh, my husband always laughs at this because I kept saying like, okay, guys, okay, I'm pushing. This is happening. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody was just crapping, like cracking up. It was just like, okay, Natalia, it's okay. Take it slow. I'm like, no, 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 let's go. We're doing this. So finally, this baby out and she is just perfection Mm. she's on me she's just everything it really was a great first birth it was not perfect it was sort of annoying but it really was perfect for my first birth I was very happy with it now the thing that all of a sudden started shifting everything was postpartum especially when you go to a beautiful hospital like Cedar sign and you have this view and you have this suite and all this and then they stick you in those little tiny rooms to recover and I remember saying this is insane the nurses coming in and out and I know that every woman listening to this that have birth in the hospital they know this very well Mm-hmm. I could never tell if they thought I was going to smother my child. I just kept looking at the door like, why do you guys <laughs> keep coming in to me? 
just leave me alone. Like I just wanted to rest so badly, and they just uh-huh. let you. And then, then I just remember the what my husband calls the Disneyland of the hospital. All of a sudden, this lady walks in, and she's just like, "Oh, you had a natural birth. I can tell." And she's like, "Can I take pictures of you?" And I thought, I don't know what I was thinking. I was like, "Oh, sure, right." And my husband like comes in and this woman is there taking pictures. And my husband just looks at her like, who are you? <laughs> she was like, oh, I was just taking pictures. He's like, Natalia, these are pictures for sale. That's why she's here. I'm like, what do you mean you're selling pictures? Like, what do you do? Like, I was so confused. That's so, con- like, yeah, that's so weird. <laughs> that's so weird. In Disneyland, you know, they take the pictures. And then they're like, if you want your picture, you can go over here and download this app. And they're like, $50 a picture or something, you know? But I just remember being like, I just gave birth. My pelvic floor was destroyed because of pushing. Like, I'm being like, somebody's here with like a giant camera. Yeah, totally. And just, and my husband's just like, okay, this has been fun. You can leave now, okay? (laughs) Just kind of. So, you know, 16 months later, um, my baby, my toddler is doing great. And I feel, I start feeling those um, feelings of irritability. I start feeling hormonal and I hadn't had a period in all this time. Mm -hmm. And I knew, I said, oh, I know what's happening. My fertility is coming back. My estrogen is growing. This is why all those loving and, uh, you know, hormones and, you know, all that affection was just like down the drain. I was all of a sudden getting very frustrated at my toddler. And I just, mm-hmm. my personality just totally changed. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I kept nauseous all the time. And my husband is like, I think you're pregnant. And I was like, no, I'm not pregnant. I'm just hormonal. Like my body was always feeling like it wanted to conceive, but not quite there. It was just kind of like a hormone dance of hell. And then finally I took a test and I wasn't be pregnant. My husband was right. Mm. So I surprised him. And, uh, and I, I actually do the same thing again, where like I go back to my OB and I start my appointments and everything's just kind of like going through, through, through all the steps, you know, that I took the first time. Mm-hmm. And then I was uh, part of a, a musical at the time. And then I met this amazing Orthodox Jewish woman that has nine kids. And she tells me that she home births and she has home birthed her nine children. This midwife, her name is Davy Kalsa. She's a great midwife there in Los Angeles. And I said, um, how, you know, what, what do you love home birthing? What, is it about home birthing that you like? And I remember just looking at her face. She just smiled and she just mm-hmm. said, I love home birthing and I love Davy." And I, at that instance, I was like, okay, this is happening. I need to talk to you. Like, please invite me to your house. We need to talk. Mm-hmm. And I want to meet this day. So I go to her house and, you know, she tells me all about her birth stories. And I was just like puppy in love. I want to be like this woman. And Mm -hmm. I make an appointment with Davey. And oh my goodness, she was just better in person that, you know, that I could ever, ever expected. She was ethereal. She was like a fairy godmother. Mm -hmm. Um, I just walk in and, you know, no smell of hospital no you know like that yeah just the sm- there's something about the smell of doctor's office and medical buildings and stuff like that I don't know if it's just like how they sanitize them or something but her office my goodness it just had like all these beautiful pictures of women birthing on the wall there were like letters and thank you cards all of a sudden I start reading them somebody names a baby after her mm-hmm. there's like you know this figures of like mothers and angels and there's just carpeting and a stretching area and I was like oh my goodness this is like the house of a fairy godmother of the Mm -hmm. mother of mothers right Mm -hmm. and when I meet her this was the thing about like you know about her that really just changed me she started talking to my baby which Mm. was for me something very new because I never spoke to my first baby in womb 
So I didn't even know that was a thing. She just, I remember war her warming her hands and just talking to this baby in my belly. And I was, you know, just taking it back. Like, oh my goodness, I never even thought about that. And she asked me, she said, have you been talking to your baby? And I was like, no, I don't even know how to do that. Like, do I just start talking? <laughs> that's so awkward. Done something like that, mm -hmm. and we discussed just everything: meditation, diet, uh, gentle movement, and all of that. And I just remember saying, like, I will never birth any other way. Like this way feels so much more um, just natural and good inside my body, inside my soul. And I would just remember saying, like, this is the path whatever path I was on was not the one. Mm -hmm. So I started seeing her and again, just a very boring pregnancy and uh, just trying to really understand this new way of self-care of looking at food and looking at my movements and all that. And I remember at this time, I got really um, obsessed with watching birthing videos again I think this is something women that love birthing this is something you do at night sometimes mm -hmm. so I watched all these birthing videos and I remember saying like I saw some that are like with a videographer and you know that there's like this music and climb you know this climatic you know event and they had all the lights and the atmosphere so I decided that I was going to have one of these births right so I got mantras I got aromatherapy, I got lights, I got a birthing pool. I got uh, everything you could possibly think of to make this like absolutely a magical dream of a birth. It was gonna be this beautiful, I, I even had rose petals that I was gonna put in the floating water, right? Mm -hmm. So this is what I was envisioning. So what happens? Um, my babies go about 41 weeks. And the night before I lose my mucus plug and I get so excited. I tell my husband, so we start eating all this chips and salsa. This was mm -hmm. my first mistake. <laughs> I get to the kitchen. We're like, all right, we're going to have a baby chips and salsa. And I was thinking my first birth was so long, you know, it's like, okay, sometime tomorrow night or in the, day, in the next two days or something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. So I go to sleep and I am meditating. I put this music on and I'm thinking, I'm looking at my contractions are almost insignificant. It's just like a tightness, right? Like, oh, that feels tight. And I, it was so comfortable that I fell asleep peacefully. I woke up and I start nursing my toddler, right? Mm -hmm. My toddler had been still dry nursing this whole time. She's waking up peacefully and I'm starting to feel the contractions getting stronger because I'm nursing her, right? But mm -hmm. because I'm such a great mother, I'm like, I'm not going to even wake her up because I want her to wake up peacefully, right? So I mm -hmm. just was just like keeping all the moaning inside of me until I could not. And all of a sudden, I start moaning like a seal, just, oh, you know, this just mm -hmm. awful seal noise. Yes. Like, yes he sat up and like oh my god oh my god he's like what did I miss and I was like no I just woke up and I started nursing her 10 minutes ago but um I feel like pushing and he's like wait okay okay this is great right um so he's like okay if you want go and jump in our bathtub just try to relax. I'm going to give the baby breakfast. We'll see how everything's going. Right. And by this time we had had a, a home set up, um, you know, when the midwife comes a couple of days before, just to make sure everything's ready. So everything's great, right? We have everything under control. So what happens is that my husband calls the midwife and there's no answer. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it's like seven. He's like, okay. Um, calls midwife B no answer. He's like, okay, okay. It's fine it's fine. Calls the doula, no answer. And he's like, okay, it, this is all fine. This is all fine. So at this point I'm in the bathtub and I am pushing and I'm saying, I don't know what happened. I just woke up, but I feel like pushing. And my mother 
who had my mother's instructions are for postpartum. She needs to just be there, maybe take a picture, don't talk, don't do anything. My mother starts getting a little anxious, right? So she's like, I'm going to start filling up the, the birth pool, right? So she starts filling it up. And what happens? She doesn't hold the host inside the pool. So all of a sudden, he, she comes back to check on me. The host with the water pressure comes out of the pool and she floods the apartment, right? <laughs> By the time my husband turns around, he sees the entire place just flooding and he just starts screaming at my mother. Oh my God, this is, it's all flooding. It's all flooding. Get all the towels, right? So all of a sudden, he just comes to the bathroom and he's like, your mother, she flooded the apartment. We're getting it. And I was like, David, I'm pushing a baby. I'm pushing a baby. And he's like, should I call an ambulance? I'm like, no ambulance, no ambulance. Kid you not, this has been only 10 minutes. This has been 10 minutes. And it looks like the Home Alone movie, you know, when everybody is going to miss the flight. So everybody's running around. Yes. So I'm in the bathtub pushing. And I see my mom and my husband just running, 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 running. Finally, the midwife calls. I mean, it must have been like 15 minutes, the longest 15 minutes in, in my goodness in the world. She finally calls and she's like the calmest person. Okay, let me see what, how far are the contract? And she just hears me screaming and she's like, oh, okay. Okay, I'm coming. I'm coming right this, right this minute. Don't worry. Hangs up, shows up. At this point, I'm alone in the bathtub pushing. And then she's like, Natalia, let's get out of the bathtub. And I say, no, no, no. You know, I'm staying in the bathtub. And she's like, Natalia, it's a little, she's so sweet. She's like, it's a little mushy in here. So I turned back and I didn't notice that I've been pooping in this bathtub <gasps> during this oh, 10 man. minutes of pushing. So, <laughs> so, I, so the poor thing is like, but you want to birth here let's get you out of the bathtub so I get out of the bathtub I look back and I'm like oh this is not and I thought I was going to have a videographer at this birth and I oh, think not so everything happened so fast I didn't have can you imagine a videographer there like um I did not sign up for this I don't know yeah. <laughs> totally <laughs> the bed and my husband is now is just like okay all I mean we have no towels now all the towels are on the floor and uh now my mom is bringing stuff stuff into the bedroom and my husband some for some reason starts grinding beans for coffee because he thinks like it's going to be hours right so he comes back in the room and my midwife is just like okay husband come in and catch your baby <laughs> 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 What are you talking about? I'm like, no, like, I was so shocked, so shocked that all of us, I just felt like I've been awake for 30 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, I'm in all fours like a puppy, and I'm touching the baby's head. And sure enough, the baby falls into my husband's hand. And she's born and she's born sleeping. And I didn't even know. I'm so naive that I was like, oh, she's sleeping. She's looking, she's so cute. I feel like another mother would have been like, oh my gosh, she's not crying. I thought it was the sweetest thing that she was born sleeping. Mm -hmm. And I remember at some point my, my midwife was like, okay, start talking to her, hold her. And I think it was her way of saying like, let's wake her up a little bit, right? Yeah. Okay, this is yeah so I started you know talking to her and all that and finally that cry took her a minute to transition but mm. she was perfect and, you know, the birth was such a shit show <laughs> literally, <laughs> literally. <laughs> oh my god it was so embarrassing and just so weird and I was like that was not the romantic home birth idea I had, but okay. Right. But you know, your baby's there and we were just laughing. We were just laughing. We, oh my goodness. So, so, you know, um, I think this is really uh, one of those things where you learn that everything that you see sometimes in videos and stuff like that is just not, it's not your story. It's not yeah. your story. And uh, even though you it's to be beautiful. I think it's good to be open-minded of um, whatever your story ends up being is your story. So I really mm -hmm. fell in love with my story, even though 
I pooped in the bathtub and everybody <laughs> was not paying attention to me. I and I said, this is not the last time I'm birthing. And next time everybody has to get their shit together. Everyone yes. here, okay? <laughs> you're, you're, you're left me alone, pooping in a bathtub. Like, this is not okay. House is flooding. Oh, my God. <laughs> so my babies are tandem nursing. And I think, um, you know, this was this was really, I think, the beginning of like the real story that I want to tell. Mm-hmm. Because um, I love tandem nursing. It was a beautiful experience. It was hard emotionally for my toddler. I think my toddler was grieving, you know, being, um, you know, not being the only child anymore. She was still very young. She just had just turned two. And it was very hard for her. So I let her do her thing. And I tandem nursed them. My, it was like having twins. My toddler didn't want to eat food for a while. So it was very much like having twins. And um, after we went through that rough patch with my toddler, she finally started getting her confidence back and eating and all that. And I had a moment, I, well, not a moment. I had quite a couple months of like that. It was like a beautiful thing to tandem nurse. And I would have never done it any other way. It felt very, very natural. Now, with that said, I did not have the information for tandem nursing, especially tandem nursing to toddlers once the baby grew up a little bit more. I was definitely very uh, weak deficient and uh, tired. And I think I was definitely just in a state of complete depletion in my body. Right. Mm -hmm. So my, my, my youngest one starts turning 16 months. And for me, it's like an alarm clock. I start feeling very irritable, very hormonal, all those fussy, yummy, delicious feelings of love go down the drain. And I'm getting very frustrated at my two toddlers now. And now I'm getting like, you know, when they're nursing, it just feels like, get off me. Just get yeah. off me. And all of a sudden I say, oh, that's right. 16 months, you know, and that's about the time, you know, that I, that I might conceive again and all that. So I start uh, charting my cycles just because I love um, charting my cycles and seeing where my body is at, seeing when I can conceive, seeing, you know, all the signs of my body getting back to fertility. And I can see a lot of hormonal imbalances in my chart, but I totally disregard them because they're postpartum charting. So sometimes your body takes a while for it to figure out what's going on, right? So Mm -hmm. I had a very long, irregular cycles. Um, they were kind of all over the place. And I remember if, if anybody knows fertility charting, you know, I just remember this line just going up and down, like my adrenals were just all over the place. I mm-hmm. felt as crazy as my charts. Mm. So um, after four or five months, I conceive and I'm super excited. Tell my husband, tell my family. And a week later, I start bleeding mm-hmm. and I was so so sad so incredibly sad but I remember Mm. saying like listen I'm like five weeks pregnant right like I'm like a minute pregnant right Um, so I said it's okay it happens it's not Mm -hmm. a big deal yes I was sad but you know just okay that's fine you know maybe the next month or something like that so two months pass and I conceive again same thing I surprised my husband I tell all my family, my friends, we're going to have another baby. And this time it was very dark. All of a sudden, I kept having this feeling of uneasiness, of mm-hmm. uneasiness. I was not um, confident, right? And then my husband mm-hmm. kept telling me, it's because you have PTSD. You have PTSD because you lost this other pregnancy and now you're thinking you're going to lose this one and it's not the case and it's all in your head. Just don't worry. Try to relax, you know, and I try to relax, but I can't. I really, really can't. And I remember telling my midwife and my midwife who's not, you know, she's not huge into sonograms or anything like that, but she suggested, you know, if you want, go get a sonogram just to see the baby and then maybe that will calm your fears and then, you know, you can uh, go home and relax go get a sonogram and this baby looks perfect, right? Um, I'm about eight weeks at this point. And I come back and I said, I just keep having this uneasy feeling. And I have a dream that night 
that I went to the bathroom and I looked down and the toilet is totally black. Mm-hmm. And I wake up my husband and I said, I lost this baby. This baby, this baby's not alive. This baby, this baby died. This baby's not alive. And my husband's like, you just saw it in the sonogram. The baby's okay. And I said, no, I feel it. I feel it in my body. This mm-hmm. baby's not alive. And uh, I think um, my husband starts looking at me a little bit, you know, with concern. Um, I think maybe more for my mental health or any, you know, more than anything else. Mm-hmm. But I felt like crazy because no one was believing me. No right. one was believing me that I was losing this baby. And I remember my birthday um, um, was right then, like that week. And my mother had come to visit. And I remember waking up and I remember the feeling of deflation of my stomach, almost mm-hmm. like a deflated balloon. I could feel the gravity. Like whatever was holding my pregnancy up, all of a sudden I felt gravity down. And I remember calling my midwife and saying like, I don't care if I look like I'm crazy. And by this point, I've been doing blood runs every four to five days, Mm -hmm. right? And the blood runs look like the baby's rowing, right? And I just called her and I said, please believe me, this baby, this baby is not okay. Mm -hmm. So it's a Saturday and she says, come to my office. She leaves her house, opens the office for me, and she's trying to find a heartbeat. It's about maybe 11, 12 weeks, and she can't find a heartbeat. And I could tell, you know, she's such a calm, sweet person. And I could tell she was, she did not give up. You know, she kept trying to find it. And finally, she said, I'm going to call um, my backup OB, and uh, I'm going to see what, what I can do. And then she basically, I hear her on the phone and she says, listen, I have um, Natalia here. And she had a dream that she lost the baby. Um, And then I hear him say like, okay, tell her to go to my office. So he's, this is Shabbat, Jewish doctor, very popular Beverly Hills OB. So he's opening the office for me, which was amazing. Um, my, My midwife says, okay, we're all going, everybody jump in my car. We're going to him. And I go, um, and I go to visit him. Um, and Dr. Crane looks around and he, and I could t- just tell the minute he put the image and I didn't see the baby move, I knew. And I just started, you know, bawling and crying mm-hmm. so much. And it was such an empowered, like powerful moment because I was in a way so blessed that my mother was there from Puerto Rico. My midwife was by my side holding my hand. So I had these two beautiful women just holding me. Mm-hmm. while well, I cried and cried you know and uh Dr. Crane you know just says I don't know what happened but this baby did not look right this baby did not look right that's this is not yeah this baby was not gonna make it nothing that you did it was just yeah so mm-hmm. um so I go home and my husband knew by this point because I hadn't called him immediately so he knew when he didn't have a phone call that the baby had died. So, you know, he gave me a really, really big hug. And then for some reason, you know, it's such an awkward thing because you lose, you know, I lost this baby and I'm coming home to basically have a natural loss. Dr. Crane knew that I was a home birther and he said, um, I know that you're gonna go home and have this, you know, naturally. Um, Call me if in two, three weeks you don't see anything, just call me, okay? So I go home, but it's like, okay, what do we do now? So my husband says, let's go get a couch in Ikea. Can't make this up. He's like, what are we going to, you know, let's just go get a couch in Ikea. And I'm looking at him like he's insane, right? And I, you know, there's nothing to do. We're just sitting, mopping around. So it's like, okay, let's go to Ikea. So we go to Ikea, choose a couch. And then we realize, wait, we can't take a, you know, a couch back home because it doesn't fit in our car, right? So a normal person would be like, okay, let's pay for a service to come and deliver the couch. My husband, I could tell he's about to um, crack, right? And you have to understand, like, you know, my husband has been so, so calm throughout all this, but I could just sense it. He was just like, no, we're getting this couch today. He calls three Ubers, three uh, like SUV Ubers. And then he, you know, like, you know, those couches come in different sections. So he puts a section in each Uber, calls his brother to be in my apartment to receive the couch. 
So now this couch is happening. Like the, my husband's like over my dead body. This is happening. We're getting a couch today. I was like, okay. <laughs> we get home and then all of a sudden we walk in and um, the backstory is that we are in a war with the, with my neighbor downstairs because I have children and I was living in an apartment at the time and my children would be children and would run. And then, you know, the lady from downstairs would basically bang with, you know, the, the usual, the broom. Yeah. Like the broom. Yeah, totally. And then, yeah, and, then, and then she tried to do like a letter basically saying for us to restrict the times that my children are allowed to basically be children in my apartment, <laughs> you know, cause she wanted some. So she was crazy. Okay, lady. And meanwhile, <laughs> my husband's there with the couch. She's banging. And my husband, who looks like a Marvel character, he's like a Marine. He's big, you know, he's more than six feet tall. He's huge. He's strong. He starts stomping as hard as he possibly can to the point where I thought he was going to break the floor. So I've never <laughs> seen my husband. But I thought at that moment, I was like, here's a man losing his shit. Like he just cracked. Like this is yeah. oh. being like, I'm done with all this losses. I'm yeah. done this. I'm done yeah. with this. So he runs outside and, and the you know the neighbor comes upstairs and he is just going at it with her. And I'm just on this couch on the floor. Like oh my gosh, like my life is a disaster right now, right? Like you just yeah. feel like just, this is the worst day ever. But you know what? The blessing out of, of all this, my mom was there. So she would stay with my girls and my husband and I would walk and would have this night walks and we would cry and laugh. And it was such a great way to just, you know, just go, just mourn, right? Mourn, mm -hmm. but also talk about things. And I really cried everything that I had to cry. I did not have any more tears left. And at this point, about um, a week and a half passed and I was ready. I was ready for this baby, you know, to just birth, you know, this dead little one. And I, I forgave, you know, I forgive the baby. I, you know, I said, you tried your best. I tried my best and it just did not work out. And now you need to come out. And I remember this really strange feeling like <laughs> I did not lose her because she was like hovering over me. Like I remember talking to her, like she was still there. Mm -hmm. And I think it was because she was still there. I think now knowing my daughter that I think she saw that body and was like, not okay with that body. Mm -hmm. And just kind of, instead of jumping in, in that body, she just kind of stayed over me because I never really grieved that I lost her. It was more like I was kind of mad. I was just angry that I had to go through this again. I remember telling my midwife, I cannot believe I have to try to get pregnant again. Mm -hmm. This has been almost a year, a, a half a year trying, then a loss, then trying again, then this other loss after almost, you know, after almost finishing my first trimester, after being sick, you know, those, the first trimester sickness, I have to do this again. Like, mm -hmm. are you kidding me? Like, I was yeah. mad. But finally, the day, the day happened, like, you know, I started spotting and it was literally a mini birth contractions, moving, pacing, a little water breaking, and just the release of everything that felt oh, so good. And, you know, my mother running to get my husband to tell him like it happened. She did it, you know, mm -hmm. it's out and us like embracing, we like hugged each other like, oh my gosh, you did it. It's over, <laughs> you know, and it was just like, so such a, you know, a beautiful ending to that, you know, to that pregnancy and just mm -hmm. like being together and being stronger. And then this, this is when my husband was like, not nice anymore. He looked at me and he was painfully honest. And sometimes the truth hurts so much, but husbands and, and wives, you know, you sometimes really do need honesty in your relationship. He looked at me and he said, Natalia, I am sick of watching you eat food that has nothing. It's empty calories. Sometimes you forget to eat. Sometimes you're eating leftovers from the, you know, from the two girls. You're not taking care of yourself. You're mm -hmm. not moving. You're not exercising. And I just remember like just being very quiet because he was right. And mm -hmm. even though I wanted to roll my eyes, I knew, I knew that I was treating myself like shit. Mm -hmm. So my husband 
bought me, you know, bought me gym shoes, bought me, you know, all this gym outfits, got me a personal trainer. And he was so strict. He was like, none of this anymore. Enough. I've had enough of seeing you moping around, you know, treating yourself like shit. You need to come first. You need to nurse yourself back to health. Mm -hmm. And I took it very seriously. I started eating, you know, eggs and butter and animal fats and fish and smoothies. And he just said every single meal has to be nutrient dense. Every mm -hmm. single meal. There's no meal that should be blank of everything. Absolutely not. And then mm -hmm. the one rule that he, that he set up for us, and I think this is very, this is detrimental for, for families. The wife eats first. I don't know if anybody has toddlers. When you sit down to eat, Mommy, can you have this? Mommy, can I that? I don't want this. I want the pink spoon. I want the bowl. And the mother is just going up and down, up and down, not eating, no focusing. My husband said, none of that. You mm -hmm. eat first. Mm -hmm. If I have to be with the children while you eat, you eat first. Yes. Once you're done eating, once you're done, then you can go to being the servant of your children, right? <laughs> yes. Little, you can go serve them. But you guys, you know, there's a difference between serving and servitude. You know, you can serve your family, but you're not a slave. Treat yourself first. When you give birth, it's your coronation day. You are a queen. Yes. You need to give yourself first what you need in order to take care of your family. Yes. And that was such a huge, powerful lesson. And um, at this point, I'm also working with a herbalist and she gives me this potion of don't, I don't know how do you pronounce it, don't quai, don't quai. Uh, white yes. peony, mm -hmm. don't quai, yeah, black cahosh, yeah. you know, this nice potion that mm -hmm. I took it like a tequila shot because that shit was strong. <laughs> <laughs> My supplements, I was, you know, and I was like, I really envisioned, I was like, I'm the queen of this home. This is the way I'm going to treat my body. And this mm -hmm. is what we're doing. And guess what? I, I remember um, felt, feeling myself ovulate. And I went upstairs to see the moon because there was this beautiful, full blue, you know, beautiful moon. And I remember listening to music and the song that's called Moon Song from a movie called Her comes up. And I just remember crying and just being like, sweetie, I can feel you. Calm down. I'm really ready this time. I'm not corning, cutting corners. I'm really, really ready for you. And um, my, I'm tracking my chart. And I had ovulated the day before. My husband's coming back from Mexico. And I'm thinking, he's not going to make it. The egg is going to die. It's going to be too late. But whatever. You know, we'll have fun when he comes. He comes in. You know, we make love. And I'm thinking, there's no way. Five days later, like a unicorn, I see a little spotting, you know, that implantation bleeding unicorn mm -hmm. sign. And mm -hmm. I remember looking at it because I had never had that. And I was like, that's it. I got pregnant. I didn't need the time. I knew it. I knew it immediately. I was so excited. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to say anything to my husband because, um, be I'm not going to say anything because he was running the San Francisco marathon. So I'm going to surprise him. Right. So what happens, I go through this pregnancy and I actually had a little bit of a little piece of a worm that came out of me. And I remember thinking like, what is that? And I had a dream that I went, you know, that I pulled down my panties and I saw the red glitter and the glitter would fall and it left the panty totally white and crisp. And I remember thinking, I don't know what that is, but this baby is good this baby is good. So what ended up happening is that I had a subchoronic uh, hematoma okay. and a little piece, it almost felt like skin came out and my herbalist gave me something to heal that. And the baby was perfect. The baby was perfect. And I knew in my body that she was coming and I was not going to say anything to my husband. And then guess what happened? Hmm. The San Francisco marathon cancels because the world shuts down. Right? <laughs> So my husband's industry comes to a halt. Mm -hmm. I live in Los Angeles, one of the most the busiest intersections. There's helicopters. There is like tanks. I remember just like army tanks rolling oh, down. Oh, yeah. Street. It was just hell. And all of a sudden, I have been holding the secret that I'm pregnant. So <laughs> I was like, this day, I'm just sitting on the couch. 
my husband and I were just talking about the world and everything that is happening. And I just said, I'm like, I'm pregnant. He looks at me. He just has this smile. He starts laughing because he just looks at me and he says, of course you're pregnant. Why wouldn't you be pregnant? Of course you're pregnant. The world is collapsing. Great. Fantastic. (laughs) Let me tell you something. I know this pandemic has been rough for so many people. And, Mm -hmm. you know, for us financially, it just destroyed us. But Mm -hmm. let me tell you something. My husband and I had the time of our lives during the pandemic. All we did was eat food exercise we would go outside to nature the mountains like him not working was the best thing that ever happened we just yeah. we just hung out like we were like a couple in love with my brown belly going to mountains like yeah and you know it's just a silver lining of this whole pandemic it was just like you know what I know it destroyed so much of like our world and our finances and everything but like we've truly enjoyed this time together and now my husband's starting to work again you know and it's not the same it's not the same but we had that time and we came out so strong so it was a really uneventful pregnancy from then on it was just you know us enjoying each other and enjoying being pregnant and this baby and um so what ends up happening is uh, I'm almost 41 weeks, just like my other girls. And I, it's, it's starting to feel like deja vu, right? Just like, oh, I've, I've, I've done this. It felt mm-hmm. exactly the same. And I just remember one day feeling this pressure on my butt. And I just remember saying like, I think the baby's coming. And it was Halloween. And I remember saying like, I think this baby's coming because the pressure on my butt is crazy. I have no contractions, no bloody show. So I go to my midwife and my midwife checks me and she's sort of very sweet. And she says, oh, sweetie, I know you feel that way because I feel like at the end of pregnancy, a lot of women are just like, I really want to be ready to birth, right? Like uh-huh. I'm sort of done. Um, you know, a, a lot of these measurements, you're not effaced. You're not, you know, the baby's not very low. The baby can come down way more and you're not dilated and all these things, right? And I was just very polite. And I was just like, oh, okay, you know, and we leave the office, I close the door and I look at my husband and I say, she's wrong. She's wrong. I'm having this baby tonight. (laughs) He's looking at me at this point. I have been, I have been like, I've been on everything. I was just like, so right with so many things that I thought were happening that this time my husband was like, you are a little witch and you're for sure having this baby tonight. Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. So I go for a nice walk, right? And I put my girls to sleep. And I remember I have a window um, on top of me. And I remember looking at the beautiful, full blue moon of Halloween. And I remember looking at it. And I remember saying, oh, yeah, it's it's a full moon, baby. It's happening. And I'm, you know, I put my girls to sleep and I come out of the room and you know how amazing the body is that once the babies are asleep, your body's like, okay, now we can do this, right? Because the babies are asleep. Uh So I come out and I say, you know what? I'm definitely feeling a lot of like pooping pressure like that, like, you know, like birthy. I feel very birthy. And um, my husband looks at me and he says, yeah, but your water's not broken, you know, and uh, you don't have a bloody show. And the midwife said, and you know, and I'm just like, I don't know how to explain to you, but I feel like very, very pushy and birthy, right? So my husband's on the phone talking to his friend and I get in the bathtub and what happens, Jaden? I start pushing. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pushing. So by now I I call my husband back in the bathtub and he's like talking to a friend, yapping around. And I was like, I'm pushing. And his face was like, like deja vu, like home alone again. Like you have to be kidding me. Like you have, like, where are the signs? Where's your contractions? I'm like, I don't know about it. I never had contractions, never had a contraction. I just went from birthing, pushing to pushing. And I said, I don't know. But I'm going to tell you something. I am pushing right now. So you better mm-hmm. call the midwife because I'm going to push a baby, right? Right. So he totally. calls the midwife and the 
the midwife comes and she just looks at me and gives me this look like you were right you little witch <laughs> you were right how is this possible so I get out of the bathtub and at this point I'm, I'm also sort of like I don't even know what a home birth looks like because last time it was basically her coming to tell my husband to grab the baby right so right. I'm like so what do I you know like, what do we do right so I, I'm swinging from my husband. My husband puts some jazz music and we're out in the living room. And um, I'm one of those people, I grab a, a pillow and I push, I'm such a pusher. I push and I grunt onto the pillow. And my husband was like, you need to breathe. And I was just like, I am breathing. I know how to burst. <laughs> I'm like, this is my way. my way, okay? Yes. So, so my way of birthing is basically putting my face in a pillow and just smothering myself while I push, right? And when I finish pushing, I come back for fresh air. And then I do that again and again and again. And I'm sure it looks so scary for people because everybody's looking like you are going to pass out. But that is my way for some strange reason. I'm like this wolf that just bears down and just screams onto a pillow, right? <laughs> so um, all of a sudden, my midwife definitely says like, um, you're getting close. And I remember telling her, it's amazing how you feel your body. I remember saying, I feel my bag. She said, what do you mean you feel your bag? I'm like, I feel my bag like right there. And I remember giving it a push and it popped. I feel like I could probably draw it I don't know what it would look like but I'm like I could feel like the pointy part of a bag and yeah. I, I pushed into it and it popped immediately I get shivers I puke a little bit I get like very nauseous and now you know the baby feels very raw because there's no bag there Mm -hmm. and um the midwife is like why don't you lie down because she wanted she really wanted me to breathe you know mm -hmm. she was like I know you can push the baby I'm just everybody was a little concerned like you need to breathe you need to slow down she has only been there for like 30 minutes right so I get on my side and you know what I really love this is I, I love midwives I love the you know the energy of people around me taking care of me I really thought that I couldn't and then all of a sudden I start focusing on breathing and I said she is right I can breathe I can slow down right I can control this I have more control than I think so I start breathing breathing and she just I mean I love her she was just like beautiful beautiful you're doing it your baby's coming breathe for the baby beautiful she was just caressing me I felt so much love and I was breathing 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 and I was pushing onto my hand and I could feel her head birth and then her body all oh, that yummy yummy body that slippery baby <laughs> I looked at her she looked just like her sisters I was like oh my gosh triplets I have a mold you know so, <laughs> happy birthday baby and you know what I think the most beautiful part of this whole story is that I remember looking at my husband and I remember crying and looking at him because he he was such a big participant and a, and a big role model and and he he really took the husband role in this pregnancy in such a beautiful way like he was such a masculine energy a protector he was you know he wanted me to do this and he wanted this baby to come and he used his masculinity to really help me understand that I was a queen and mm -hmm. that I was not a slave Yes. And that I could do this and that I was powerful. And I looked at him and I'm just like, thank you. I don't know if I could have gotten my body out of that. I'm sure with time, but, but it really, he made me feel like a queen Aww. throughout this whole process. And I think that's really extended to our relationship now. And I, you know, if there's something that I can tell women is that you are a queen and mm -hmm. husbands, get into your husband role it's not yes. like, you know, every time I hear women like normalizing things like oh I've not eaten anything I just drink this coffee and, and you know another woman is like oh yes I know same I just I don't know I can't remember when was the last time you eat no women do not normalize this yes not normal. You are yes tell your friend 
tell your friend, no way, sister, you need to eat something. Go get a steak. Actually, tell your husband <laughs> to make you a steak. Go yeah. One of the things that did throughout this whole pregnancy and even till now, my husband loves to buy food for us and cook for us. He will make us this awesome steaks and mushrooms with eggs and husbands mm-hmm. like care for your wives. Because yes. The, the benefits multiply. You mm-hmm. take care of your wife. Wife, your wife is going to take care of your home. He's, she's going to take care of you. It's such like a beautiful dynamic relationship. You know, in Judaism, there's this beautiful thing and it just says, you know, may your wife be a fruitful vine and your children like olive shoots around your table. And it's so oh. beautiful because the table is such like an important place. So husbands, step onto your roles, feed your wives, protect yes. them, nourish them. <laughs> your wife could be this fruitful vine that is productive and a beautiful person for your lives and for your children like that is a true legacy give that to the next generation mm-hmm. amen but, man i just have to say i've only cried once one other time on this podcast and that all just made me cry right <laughs> maybe because I see a lot maybe and I and again I I rarely like to share anything from my personal life because again it's it's your story but you know maybe it's because I see a resonance with that with my husband as well because he is just such an amazing partner and also I I feel like that doesn't get talked about enough too like yes like we need to like we need to uplift our men and also just remind them like, Hey, treat your lady like a queen, treat her like the goddess that she is. And your blessings will be tenfold from, you know, from you doing this, you know, and it's such a beautiful (laughs) thing for my children to see their father taking care of their mother in that way. Yes. Holding space and respecting her. You know, my husband looks at my girls and he says, your mother is eating. No one interrupt her. Your mother yes. is eating. And that is such that he protects and gives us, you know, gives me the, that boundary. And that is yes. so, so beautiful. And I hope that my girls, when, you know, when they have, you know, their, their husband, that they find a husband that really understands how to protect them. Absolutely. It is so yes. And, you know, and, and I'll just say too, with all the mothers that are raising sons, myself included to just really infuse that and like really drive that into, into their sons that, you know, whomever they end up with, you know, that they treat their partners like, you know, just as these like really beautiful epic beings. And if they do end up with women to just treat them like the queens and to, like you said, do all the things of just like holding her in this high place of just, you know, praising, praising her and respecting her role. And also just, you know, do, yeah. Uh, so many things, so many things right there. And thank you so much for that reminder. I'm so glad I'm so glad this was spoken about today. Thank you so much, Natalia. I appreciate thank you. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. I Absol- my pleasure. Thank you for giving me this opportunity. Absolutely. And, you know, so many thanks to your husband as well. What, a, what an amazing role model. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I could go on. Um, but, and thank you so much for sharing your story. This was such a beautiful story. Again, thank you so much. It touched me so and touched me so much and I've learned so much. I, you know, I laughed, I cried and, you know, it was such, your story is so powerful. Um, and you are such an amazing storyteller and I want to thank you so much for allowing me to hold space for you. Um, it is such an honor. Yes. And is there, and is there any, even though you just dropped a wisdom bomb on all of us here, is there any, as is tradition for these podcasts, is there any last parting words of wisdom, more wisdom that you would like to leave our listeners with today? Yes. Self-care is not doing your hair and nails. I hear that so much, you know, just like, oh, I'm going to go do my nails and have some me time. That is not self-care. Self-care starts with your plate. 
It does. And, and you know what? It really does start. It starts with self-respect to know that what is on your plate is what's going to nourish you and build you up and keep you strong for your family. That is self-care. Mm, I don't care yes. what your hair looks like. Yes. Self-care starts with your plate. I think you just named your own episode right there. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Natalia is gonna work out okay women so you cannot feel like shit and you know what yes the food that you eat doesn't just nourish you physically it nourishes your brain yes just to keep focused so if you're feeling fatigued crazy if you're feeling just all over the place overwhelmed depressed it might be your food or your lack of food so start there that's a good starting point Yes, so much. So, uh, Natalia, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, such a blessing to have you on today. Yes. Thank you so much for listening. Storytelling is a profound agent of change, one that has the ability to plant seeds of inspiration, introspection, and beyond. If you have an empowering birth story that you would like to share on our podcast, please head over to IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior to send your submissions. That's IndieBirth.org forward slash birth warrior. Hope you have a beautiful week wherever you are in the world. Until next time, friends.